Welcome to the Constructing Greatness Podcast, where I will be sharing real stories with inspiring tradesmen and many other driven and passionate leaders in construction and various other industries. I'm your host, Nicholas Ofak, and I've been in the construction business since 1996 as a construction manager and have worked for some of the largest builders in the United States. I'm now a business owner entrepreneur, and partner in a firm where we've successfully managed to be listed on the Inc. 5000, America's fastest growing private companies, three years in a row. The main purpose of this podcast is to inspire and create awareness about the value of working in the trades and to educate about the great benefits and rewarding opportunities it can create. Are you ready to take this fun journey with me? Let's do it. Today's guest is... A friend of mine who is a biomechanic specialist and is the owner of Escape Fitness Training Facility located in Mount Laurel Township, New Jersey. I wanted to have Christian on because his passion, his focus, and, and the brand that he's building is, is actually something special to see. Uh, I follow him on social media. And again, just love to see his passion for what he's doing. And I thought he'd be a great guest. And I and I know he will be. And I'm excited to have him on. Christian Lee, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me, bud. Good to see you again. Yeah, man. Good to see you, too. I know we've been trying to uh, get this set up for some time. Uh, sure. Your busy schedule. We are finally able to do it here on uh, New Year's Eve. <laughs> there we go. Start the New Year's early. Yeah, man. Happy New Year to you. Uh, 2021 is certainly going to be better than what we've been through. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about that, too, which we're going to get into. And then just, you know, you being a gym owner. In fact, we can jump right into that. You being a gym owner, what what, what has COVID, you know, the challenges of COVID, how have you pivoted and, and, and made changes to survive, you know, this pandemic? Because a lot of gym owners, as, as we know, had to close shop. Yeah, I think the biggest part was that, you know, no one could prepare for this. You know, um, we were, our hands were pretty tied by by the government or the state that you live in. So you really couldn't have a direction, sense of direction, which way to go. So everybody pretty much, uh, you know, we didn't have a handbook to follow. We just did whatever we could to survive. You know, everybody I know got into some type of survival mode. And I know I talked to my staff about, you know what, it's a sink or swim time. You know, we can't wait for Mm -hmm. things wait for our government to bail us out. You know, we got to figure out how to survive and keep the doors open. So the more we thought about it or complain about it, I knew we were going to die. You know, so we had to make an adjustment from day one. You know, when mm-hmm. the announcement came, you know, we went virtual right away. Uh, you know, it didn't matter if you knew how or not. You know, yeah. we just went for it. And that's how we pretty much did a lot of our business in the past anyway. So whether it's a new product, new you know ideas, you know, it's just, we got to try and fail and try and fail. So we weren't prepared, but this isn't something that we weren't going to just take it and just stay down. So yeah, we had to make a quick adjustment. Yeah. How, right. how long was the shutdown? Well, from March, you know, a state, you know, we're in New Jersey. So mm-hmm. uh, we were shut down from March to July, first week of July. Mm-hmm. So in those times, obviously, I couldn't keep all my staff. Two of my staff kind of stayed on, and they also helped me out a lot. I was in here every single day. I didn't miss a day. So we were doing construction in here, painting, lighting. You know, we used the time to Mm -hmm. just – because emotionally and mentally, you get beat up pretty bad after a while. 
you know, yeah. like, you know, first yeah. couple of weeks, like a vacation, right? You know, you feel good and <laughs> yes, you family more, but then three or four weeks a month go by and like, whoa, whoa, you know, we got to figure this out. So we decided to like my manager and our head trainer, we decided to, you know what, let's just come to work every day, even though it may be like a few hours. We'll do the virtual training. Uh, let's clean up. Let's paint. Let's do lighting. And literally, Nick, in those four months, we changed our facility 100%. It looks nothing like how it was before. I've seen it, man. You, you've done a great job. I've seen you post the videos. And uh, you and your even your dad and your family were out there helping you get it get it all you know, fixed up. And it looks, looks great. You know, this was our quarantine. You know, we stayed mm-hmm. in here. We're locked up in, in our facility. And... And that's how we survived, you know, yeah. literally. Through that, we're going to stay in your room, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, man, I hear you there. Um, it, was, uh, it was challenging for us all, especially, especially the small business owners in the restaurant market. As you know, it's, uh, it's been devastating for, for many across the country. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about your facility, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive back to how we met and uh, just some of your credentials and, and your experience. Athletic sure. Republic Escape, is that a franchise? I'm just reading some things on the website, just trying to understand and correlate Escape sure. with, with Athletic Republic. So we established officially Escape Training was 2007. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, previously before that, you know, we were trainers and kind of got together, established company in 2007, you know, I myself. Since then, we acquired a franchise company called Athletic Republic about three years ago. Okay. We didn't have any intention of uh, buying a franchise, but we were really sold on the equipment and protocols they developed, like the science behind it. It wasn't just we couldn't buy the equipment alone, so we had to buy the whole franchise deal. Mm-hmm. So we did that about three years ago. So that's hence the name Athletic you know, Republic Escape came about three years ago. But, but we started in 2007. It's a small company and we just kept building on and we had different services. Obviously, our focus has been evolving, you know, mm-hmm. for the we have really wide range of clientele. You know, we have that's why this COVID was so hard for our, our company because we have such a wide clientele. We had clients in their 70s and 80s coming up rehab and surgeries and you know, just trying to be independent, you know, so that was a big part of our, our business. And obviously, you know, middle school, high school, college athletes and trying to perform better. So that was a bulk of our business as well, too. And, you know, most people don't realize we actually have a lot of clients that are non-athletes as well, too. Okay. Actually, number-wise, it's like 40% to 60%. I know we're known for training athletes, mm-hmm. but we have clients that are just needing this for mental, you know, their mental capacity and just emotional stress that people deal with how you know they can de-stress through physical training and that's actually a big portion of our our business right now gotcha and you started the business back in 2011 correct seven 2007 officially oh was it seven okay yeah officially 2007 but um but you know i was in a financial world actually for up until then but you know i train on the side like since college so you know, my training started really like 1999, 2000, but it was more of like a side job, mm-hmm. you know, just like a lot of trainers do in the beginning. Uh, and I was in a financial world for about four or five years after that. And, you know, one day I said, you know what, this feels like work. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I really like the, uh, the training aspect and, you know, it's such a great positive feedback you get immediately, yeah. you yeah. know, it's just, oh, right. Yeah. And I'll, 
me see if I can actually earn some income doing mm-hmm. this. So I made a big career move. And I was, you know, relatively successful as a young agent at the time in the financial world. Um, and I gave that all up and saved some money from that, that part of the world. And that's how I started this business from there. So I went completely opposite. I worked a ton of more hours, mm-hmm. but I really feel like I'm working. You know, like people yeah. talk about, hey, work 24-7, yeah. seven week. I said, I tell them, but I don't ever feel like I'm actually working. Because you love it and you're passionate about it. And one quality I love about you, which I'm going to get dive into a little bit about your, you know, your experience is, you know, and your, and your credentials and, and such, but you, you just have that teacher, that teacher mentality. You love to teach and help kids. I mean, I see it from your videos, but ever since sure. I've known you, that's just you. And I can see the passion, you know, and, and would you agree that that helps you really love what you're doing? I think that's it. Uh, 100%. If I didn't do that, I feel like I'm actually working. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean, like if I'm not teaching somebody yeah. a certain thing, you know, I feel like I'm just kind of killing time and, and actually working. But yeah. if I'm sharing information, I can't even say really teaching. It's more of like sharing information and, mm-hmm. and hopefully that I can give them different possibilities and mindset. Just sharing some ideas that I learned and whatnot. You know, it becomes more of a relationship building than actual yeah. teaching. I, I guess you can look at it as both. Yeah, so yeah. I, I love that portion of it. Without that, I don't think I'll be doing what I'm doing now. And... I still don't know what, what I want to do when I grow up. So I'm trying to just, <laughs> that'll, that'll always be the case for us all, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I'm throwing idea by like, you mm-hmm. know, being a professional caddy someday, like all that kind of crazy stuff. But regardless of what I do, like yeah. as I can share information and share ideas, you know, teach. And I, I always ask my students, same thing. If you can teach somebody, you really understand the concept and understand what it is. So yeah, that's it. Teaching and, you know, sharing. Yeah, man. I love the way you put it too, with, with building that relationship and, and, uh, that's with anything right in, in life and, and, and business is, is build that relationship first and, uh, you know, everything else will follow. And I want to dive into how we met. We met on a baseball field about, uh, yeah, about what, sure. 10 years ago or so. I think it might be more, man. Now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah, I didn't think it was that long, but maybe it was. <laughs> we played for a team out of Marlton, a wood bat league, which uh, some people call semi-pro, which is mainly college athletes, you know, ex- former college baseball players and even some some professional players. It was a lot of fun. Yes, sir. When it we was getting a lot back. of fun. <laughs> I remember when I was there on the team, I kept hearing about a Hoan. Is that your is that your nickname? Is that your your real no, name? No, that's actually uh, my officially it's, like, it's my middle name. Okay, uh, but it is my Korean like given Korean name gotcha. uh, Hwan. Believe it or not, it means tiger. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> I should have played golf instead of baseball. <laughs> I can't. Oh, you're you're a hell of a golfer, that's for sure. But no, just hearing that, I kept hearing, yeah, Hwan's going to be coming on the team, and and I, I'm like, you know, who's this guy? When's he coming? And uh, I don't know if that you came that one year. I think you were busy with your business or, you know, you were supposed sure. to join the team. And I think you joined the next next year. And, and we played together for a few seasons. And that was uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, can, I actually hope that someday I can play again. <laughs> someday, someday. <laughs> I'm officially done. My, my arm is shot. My arm is shot. But Christian, his baseball career, when I wanted to share a little bit about that, he played at St. John's University. You played there just one season, correct? Yes, sir. 
And then you you went to Rowan University. Why was your career at St. John's cut short to go to Rowan U? Wow, this is a, this is actually a fascinating opportunity because I don't think I've ever shared with a lot of people. I think maybe like one or two. Okay. My freshman year, you know, I, I was a really big recruit. I went to St. John's and I played a lot, quite a bit. I, I made a Big East freshman team that year. But we had a lot of turmoil in, my, in our family. My father lost his business. And it was just not a great time for our family. I remember coming home after the first summer freshman year, I was working with my parents and my parents owned a, they operated a, you know, clothing line. They manufactured clothing line out in uh, Kensington, PA, Philadelphia, not the greatest neighborhood, you know, but, um, I know well. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was, it was tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We became very tough people, you know, working out of there. And that was like my summertime when, when kids came home, some enjoys our summer down the shore. I was in there you know, ironing clothes and, you know, trying mm-hmm. to out. And uh, the business really went south. And I actually couldn't leave my family. We actually lost a lot. We had to kind of move in with our family and, and other side of family and things like that. So it wasn't right. So I just couldn't leave my parents on the street. So I actually didn't play at Rowan right away because I had to work. Okay. So I gave up at St. John's. It wasn't easy because they thought it was more like athletic reason. And I, I, I you know, most people don't know me. I'm kind of introvert and I didn't want to share that kind of personal information with my coaching staff at the time. Mm-hmm. So I ended up leaving the team, told them that I'm not coming back. I came home, work all through the summer. And, you know, my mother wanted me to still go to school. So like I and signed up at Rowan and I did go out for a fall ball right away since I was a baseball player. But I just couldn't work 40 hours a week, play baseball, and try to go to full-time school. And it was kind of tough for me. So yeah. it lasted about maybe a, a fall season. And then I told the coach at the time, I was like, I just can't do it. You know, I apologize for even coming out and giving you false hope. Yeah. Um, I know he wasn't very happy at the time. So, And then I actually gave up baseball for like a whole year, year maybe a year and a half. I remember I was working at like TGI Fridays in a restaurant and being a bus boy and ended up being like a server and everything else I did. You know, I, I think I worked like 80 plus hours a week back then. Mm-hmm. And then, then I, you know, when things settled down after a year, you know, then, you know, from not playing, I still try to go back out. And then, you know, I played a row and after that, yeah, for the next couple of years. Gotcha. And I, and I appreciate you sharing, sharing that, uh, that story. Yeah. That had to be tough, you know, being recruited and going to St. John's and then just, just, figuring out that it just wasn't the right time, you know, for you. It's kind of like the current business situation. You know, it just, I didn't really have a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, and I maybe looking back, but I doubt it. So it's just a sink or swim kind of thing. So, you know, I, I don't sure. I mean, if I have one thing that that could change my life, maybe if I can go back to that moment and do something else, but you know, it made me who I am today, you know? So that's that. Now understood, man. Understood. And you're also the owner of the New Jersey Pride South Jersey Young Guns AAU baseball program. And, and then that goes along the lines of you, you know, you being that teacher, I think, at heart. How has that been, that experience? It's just great. Like I said, uh, you know, just being on the field and, and trying to, it wasn't easy at first because, you know, I was taught a certain way. I expected certain things. And, you know, the impact that made me greatly more than anybody was my, you know, I had a great coach, Coach Mack at St. John's, and now he's the head assistant coach at University of Virginia. You know, I got to see him a few years ago again, 
And we still keep in touch like every year now. And um, he told me like, hey, you know, when you were at St. John's, I was this guy. And he's a big time coach. And he was telling me that he had to make an adjustment throughout because kids are changing, you know, and life mm-hmm. is changing. He couldn't be the tough military guy, you know, dropping at bombs in, you know, kids face and, and screaming at him like he did to me. He had to learn to be a better communicator, he said. And I said, wow, like this guy who was my college coach telling me that he's making adjustments as he is and who he is. So that kind of like set the, a tone for me Love it. Uh, yeah. in the coaching field. And I said, you know what? If he can change and I can change. So, you know, I became a better communicator. I made some shares and mistakes when I just started coaching because I was trying to be just a tough, you know, whatever the guy mm-hmm. that I was always taught. But I become a better communicator, and I'm still learning every day. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty hard on my staff, my coaching yeah. staff. You know, I'm always hard on them, and because I expect so much more. But I, I'm becoming a better communicator as I'm making adjustments. So I'm learning every day. I, I'm definitely not perfect. If I was, then I'll be coaching major league. But um, yeah. and I'm sure even those guys are always making adjustments. Nobody, so, yeah. nobody is perfect, man, and and we're always all always learning. I, I, I think that's that's something that I love about you know, what I do, because I'm learning every day. And back to what you, what you were saying with just that process. I mean, you can't treat every kid the same, right? I mean, you're, you know, everybody's different, you know, it's that mindset that I think a lot of coaches have where you got to be tough and you got to like, you know, drill the same thing over and over. But I think you develop that relationship, like you said earlier, and you know how and or what works best for, you know, each individual. Yes, I think great coaches are great listeners. Great coaches are also understand how to read people better than everybody else. Uh, even, mm-hmm. you know, I have three kids and my kids are all different. And yeah. the way I feel my older kid is different than my middle son. You know what I'm saying? So in that regards, I don't treat everybody the same. When I say treat, I don't approach everybody the same. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily treating them different. It's more about my approach to them. You know, I could be explaining the same thing, same drill, but the way I explain or approach that drill to a certain kid can be different. Mm-hmm. You know? So I don't want to use the word that I treat somebody different or people different. It's that my approach to them is quite different. You know, every individual. Some kids, I'm really hard on them. Some kids, I, I approach it differently. You know, mm-hmm. I explain, explain more, uh, maybe let them know that I do care about them a lot. Some people like want to be told that you care about them. I know that's important for some of the kids, especially these days. And some kids react better to, to being a little harder on them, right? I mean, yeah, you because you realize they're protected. Yeah. Some kids can take that better, and they mm-hmm. can, it, it kind of rolls up their shoulder. Like, hey, you know what? But even then, you know, like I know I have a lot of uh, kids here that I'm pretty tough on them. But even then, I do let them know that, hey, listen, you know, if I didn't care about you, I'm not on you. Just worry about it that, you know, next time that I'm not on you, that's when you're in really trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, I do let them know that the reason for my action you know so got it and you also were the assistant coach for shawnee high school for for many years baseball team correct and then you were an assistant coach for rowan university for one one season yeah i mean um, i love to coach and then recently i was at Rutgers camden as well too but it's not just college coaching or high school coaching or my you know au baseball Mm -hmm. the hardest part about those job is that you're not going to make money. So yeah. you got, especially if you're a business owner, you have to learn to balance. And I get in trouble from my wife a lot, obviously, because I'm never home. Yeah. 
So that is the only trouble that I have. If I had all the resources, all the money, I'll be coaching a hundred percent. But it's just that it's hard. Even at, even during the uh, summer ball, AU ball, you know, I end up losing a lot of money. And most people don't realize. They see the travel ball. It's like costs a lot of money. They must be making a lot of money. I lose money every single year. So you, you that's the hard yeah. part. That's mm-hmm. The hard part and trying to juggle the financial side of it is like, how do I do that and then still be able to do what I love to do? So, yeah, um, you know, coaching college is great. I was at Rowan because that's where I finished my career and I wanted to help out, you know, those guys and I'm good friends with them. Recently, I was at Rutgers Camden with, you know, my, I call my little brother, Ryan, you know, we yep. both know. know him well. When you say recently, are you no longer there? Yeah, I just recently designed. I resigned. Oh, that's, okay. that's another course subject, and I'm sure, um, it wasn't easy. Uh, it I was going to talk to you about that. I, I was unaware. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't easy at all. But this COVID actually, I, I just couldn't make that decision to go back and do it, even mm-hmm. though it wasn't going to require that much of time like we normally would, because mm-hmm. our season got shortened. Our practice actually not even starting in February, but I had to get back to focusing on business and, and setting yeah. it up. If I, do, yeah. I will lose everything. And if I do that, then I can't really pay bills for my own family. And even though I wanted, I'd rather do, you know, coaching at Rutgers with you know, the guys like Ryan and Pat and these guys. Yeah. You know, it wasn't easy. I mean, I thought about it quite a bit. You know, it, it definitely was a hard decision. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I remember you guys talking to me about it when it was first happening and just all the big ideas and plans. I think we were down in Miami talking about yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. For, the, for that Eagles game. Yeah, sorry to hear that, man. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm, I'm sure Ryan is super disappointed, too, for how close you guys are. But COVID, you know, and, and, and refocusing and doing what you got to do. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's, it, door's not shut. I can always go back to college coaching. Um, mm-hmm. I do enjoy it. And who knows? Like I said, I think my biggest motto is like – I. I don't know. I do know where I want to end up, but I don't know how I'm going to get there most of the time. It may not be a straight shot. So I'm not, I'm never closing that door. You know, I'm mm-hmm. always going to do what I can, my best ability. And if some doors open up and it is what it is. So yeah. you know, I can't, I can't say to somebody that, you know, I, I'm not going to go back to this or I'm not going to go back to that. And they're always open. They're all possibilities. So yeah, I think that's that's the only way to be is, is always keep it open, right? You know, be ready for that opportunity. Just to go back to your credentials more so, you know, with your business, you were a reg- your regional level three biomechanics pitching coach from the National Pitching Association yep. and also nationally certified rotational hitting coach. You know, if, if people aren't aware of your facility – you know, biomechanical mechanics specialist as as you are is is really the quality of movement, correct? Is is just sure. trying to trying to make it best for each participant or, or each person that you're that you're teaching. Yeah, I mean, it, whether it's a golf, baseball, pitching, or hitting, you do what you do because your capacity of the movement. Mm-hmm. The reason that people are on golf swings or hitting mechanics or pitching mechanics is because your body. You you can only move a certain way that your body allows you. I have, for example, for my baseball swing, my golf swing, when I get my 3D analysis done, it's quite different. I'm a very hip-driven type of person. It's because my upper bag is so tight. Mm-hmm. I can't rotate as well I should. 
So I don't utilize a lot of rotational power from my you know, thoracic spine. I use a lot of more rotation power from my hip and my you know, back foot drive. Mm-hmm. So that's how I gain distance. But imagine if I was able to work on my upper back mobility, I can actually utilize the sequence much better and become a better golfer and hitter. But you can only know that by assessing it and, and seeing it so that everybody's different. I mean, that's like I said, that's why people do pitch differently and, and swing differently yeah. because of move. And that's that's all part of the sports performance training that's science-based, right? I mean, it's the science-based protocols. You know, I, I want you to talk a little bit about some of the technology, the equipment, trainers, why your facility and what you do, why is it different than other places? Sure. I think a lot of people kind of struggle with this idea where, you know, back in the days, we didn't have to do any of this stuff and we got our job done. So you kind of argue with the old school and new school. In a new school, everything is like data quantified and you got specialists for just about every section in the sports, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's football, baseball, golf, whatnot. And we didn't have that luxury back then. And I'm not saying one's better or the other. The difference is now things are measurable that we couldn't do before. So it's available to us. So because of that, we're using it. You know, why not use the products and science that's available to us so we can actually get a, not necessarily maybe a better result, but maybe a quicker result. You know, if I'd have known that I'm not turning my upper back on my swing, I'm more of my hip tribe guy. I do know now that I got to work on that and I can enhance my swing a lot better. And which I couldn't have known that 25, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you have a lot more advantage uh, to become a better player in that regards. So, yeah, we utilize a lot of sensor system for hitting mm-hmm. and drills, things like that, to see your, identify your sequence and hitting. But still, punch is just a punch and yeah. kick is a kick at the end. So I take that approach to teaching baseball or physical training with our athletes and our clients. Sure, I'll give them the ideas and data and all this stuff. But at the end... It's all about how you mix it all together and you just got to go compete. So I think that finding the balance is truly important rather than just trying to gather data only, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, that's why guys like, you know, Belichick and all these guys are so great. I'm sure they can balance those things really well. Yeah. No, well said, man. Hey guys, it's Nick. I have a short message from our sponsor, MPC Builders. With well over 40 years of combined construction-related experience in both the residential and commercial markets, MPC Builders services the New Jersey and Philadelphia metro areas. Check out our website at mpcbuilders.net or you can call me directly at 856-217-1750 and I'd be happy to answer any questions you have about your construction project. So where do you think you're going to be heading in the next five years? Where, where do you want to see yourself in the next five years? Wow. Uh, man, I love and hate this kind of question. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, I do prepare for the future, right? Mm-hmm. And, but I do like stay in the moment a lot. That's why I lose track of times a lot. You know, like I, you know, I, I dive in long hours and stuff because I, I, I get so present to the person that's in front of me and, I lose track sense of track of time, you know, like, so for the five years, uh, man, I, I see my kids growing, mm-hmm. you know, now they're seven, six and three. I want to be the next Tiger Woods as a dad right now. <laughs> like I want to, I want to caddy for my own kids. Love it. 
I didn't have a, a luxury of growing up with my parents around too much because they worked so hard and mm-hmm. showed me the work ethic that I have now. It's pretty much from them, you know, watching them and stuff. But I don't know if I want to be the same parent and, as they were. And I'm not saying they did something wrong. It's just that I knew, I know back of my, you know, back of their heads, I knew they probably wanted to spend more time with me, but they knew they had to provide. So I feel like I'm doing that now to like save some, you know, whether it's money or whatever I need to do. But I think I'm going to do that. You know, like I'm going to somehow change my schedule and, and, and business where it's not about me fame, my fame about being the best hitting coach or the pitching coach or the golf instructor or whatever it might be. Like, sure, that was my aspiration. I'm doing that now. But I'm starting to realize those aren't as important as I thought they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like being in the best in the industry isn't as important as, as I think it was. And, and that doesn't mean that I'm not going to like short side myself and stop learning and stop teaching. No, I'm going to do that. But somehow I'm going to find a balance. I'm really going to practice some golf this year somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> half hour a day. And then uh, hopefully my, if, you know, I'm going to get my kids to be interested. I think they are because uh, they start to like do little things about golf. So I think I'm going to be too tough on baseball. So I'm going to change the gear, maybe give them some golf opportunity, you know, and then uh, Hopefully I can carry their bags. How about that? In five years, maybe I can go some junior tournaments and, uh, or in the worst case, I'll, I'll watch them play baseball, <laughs> in the worst case, <laughs> which I don't want to do. I hope that's not, but I think I'm going to do that. So my focus in five years is going to be, I think more in lines with my own personal kids. Okay. Uh, because I work with kids a lot and sure. I helped them, you know, from like 10 years old. Now they're going to colleges and, you know, I've done that a lot and it's mm-hmm. a big cycle. And I get a, such a great joy out of helping kids to get into college and going to the next level. And it's a great cycle. But at the end of the day, end of the, end of the day they're not my kids. But yeah. they, so you kind of leave me in a way. Um, so I want to like focus on my kids somehow a little bit more. And I haven't been doing a great job on that, I don't think, as a father. So slowly, uh, I think that's going to be tough, but I think slowly uh, I want to make adjustments. And so you keep me updated. You know, you're going to every year how's that plan going because uh, I, need, I need somebody to be accountable i will be your accountability partner and and we all we all need one or two or three no man and balance i mean that's something that we're all trying to trying to find man balance you know between work fun family it's a non-stop trying to find you know what the happy medium is so i'm with you there man yeah yeah but i want a caddy so that's for real <laughs> I, I, I'm, a, I'm a teacher and um like, I love that part of golf, like that whole the mental side of golf and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't like, I actually really like catting for somebody, believe it or not. So even if it's not my kiss, like I want to get into that field somehow. And I'm not kidding you. I already like check things out. Okay. Like, I'm uh, <laughs> going to apply for some jobs you know, later. I, I kind of figure out which location that I, that I want to do this in like five, six years. So uh, if it's not going to be my kiss, I want to do that for real. Okay, or you could just help me with my golf swing. That would be good, too. I need big-time help, man, with that baseball swing. It hurts <laughs> mentally. <laughs> what would your message be to any kid or person trying to find something that they're passionate about? Oh, wow. I think this is like a perfect time, especially nowadays, too. A lot of kids going to college and not knowing what they want to study. Yeah. They're just, 
and, and things like yep. that. It's like really teaching us how, you know, you got to be passionate. And it's such mm-hmm. an easy phrase and easy light words to just throw around. But a lot of these young kids, and obviously I didn't know when I was at their age either. Mm-hmm. But I, I tell them all the time, like, listen, like, life is like a game in a way. Like, you either play in it or you don't play in it. So when you're young, like, try to get involved and play in it. You know, you might not win that game or two, but at least you're in the game. Like, mm-hmm. don't don't get outside the game and just kind of watch the game go by and you lose that opportunity to play. You know, like, whether you decide to go to college or not, I mean, you, you have to, even you don't know your direction, like, go at it. You know, don't just take minimum credits. Take the maximum credits. Take the extra internship. Take the, you know, otherwise, how are you going to know? You know, you're not mm-hmm. going to know. Like, I changed my major, like, junior year. I was a math major for three years, three and a half years. You know, I'm, I'm an idiot changing, you know, who changed their major after three years of all the <laughs> courses that you take? I literally, my senior year, I remember I was taking 21 credits, maximum credits I could every semester while I was playing baseball, just because I kind of wanted to know what I wanted to do. So I'll be honest with you, three of my kids, like if one of them or two of them, all of them don't want to go to school, I'm okay. As uh-huh. long as you have a plan, like you tell me what your plan is and I support you no matter what, you know? So a lot of young kids that I want to give them advice maybe is like, Hey, just stay in the game, whatever it is, like just play it, yeah. play flexibility. And maybe the game will be a uh, different each time, but at least you're in the game instead of yeah. just wait. No, I love that. And, and I think something that kids and many people I think need to understand and, and I'm still learning because I'm definitely not, patient but it's really patience and i i think kids really think that they need to need to find it you know right away you know just be patient because you have time but you know this podcast is about you know making the right decisions like college don't go to college just to go it pains me so much to see people go just to go and then when they're done they, they don't know what they want to do and you know was the return is the return on investment is it worth it you know, you're, you're just going to college because everyone else does. I, I just want to see people take a more strategic approach, you know, and, and, and have a plan and really be passionate about which direction they're going. And sometimes that'll take time. You're, you're not going to figure that out, you know, right away. And I think some kids shouldn't go to college you know, right out of high school, you know, and, and uh, I, I think patience is a big one because, you know, you have a lot of time to, to, to figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, and then at the same time, I think that's a perfect, um, you know, scenario you brought up. But a lot of kids think that they should know. And yeah. that's the, you know, like not everybody knows. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, when they lose that mindset of where I should know. Um, but what you should do is do your best at whatever you do. You know, whether you're cleaning up a desk or uh, yeah. somebody's plate or you're yeah. cleaning something or you're working at, you know, anything you do, you got to do your best. I am not going to tell somebody to be patient if they're going to sit on their butt and do nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I understood. Do, yeah. do some, but at the same time, don't just apply to schools and go to school without like going full force. Mm-hmm. Your plan can change. I'm not saying you have to know your plan. You have to know what you're doing. But if you decide to do it, that's your decision you made. Then you got to go at it like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. And then if you don't like it, take a break. Like I had two really good trainers here last year a year and a half ago really good trainers and they could probably made a killing in this business and they were doing really really well 
And I had a one-on-one conversation with both of them, and I sent them away. One's in California now, one's in Arizona. Um, if they're going to ever hear about this, you know, I still keep in touch with, you know, one of them. One of them I haven't been talking in a while. But I told them, hey, this job is always going to be here for you. But what I do know is you're in young 20s. Mm-hmm. I want to get out and see the world. Just go. Yeah. It, it, it could be six months. It could be a year. Just save some money and let's go. I'll give, I, I, I gave them connections uh, from people that I knew. As an owner, I could have selfishly kept them and say, like, hey, you're doing a great job. You're going to be great in this business. And I do that. But I knew that wasn't the best decision for them because losing six months, 12 months is nothing for them. So I told them to go, just go. Uh, I'll give you uh, jobs that you can have. It's not about the job. I just need you to find out like what you're made about and find out also if this is a right career path and also, you know, how you handle life and experience yeah. different so, you know, one's been out in California for almost a year and a half now. He, he's absolutely loving it. He's killing it out there. So, and he thanks me like just every week and say, hey, you know, if it wasn't that help that you allowed me to uh, go. Yes. Uh, I think I'll know what I need to do. And, and I'm sure the other one's doing the same. She's, another one's outside the country. She's in uh, Costa Rica and she's building an awesome business right now. She's been there for like eight years, eight, nine years now, I think. Oh, wow. So, Started a family there. She was actually was going to get married here, settle down, and get into this business. And, and she ended up moving there and and doing really well professionally. Um, and you know, she, we, we catch up here and now and then, and she's doing amazing right now. So, no, oh, awesome, and I, I, that's great advice. You know, I absolutely I think kids should get out there and experience the world, the country, and just kind of figure themselves out. I mean, you, you know, you touched on it. It's mindset. You know, it's attitude. It's many things if you're going to succeed. No, very good advice. Very good advice. Do you want to give your contact information for your business and what social media and platforms that you're active on? Sure. Our business one is Athletic Republic Escape. If you just search for Athletic Republic Escape, it will come up, you know, with Instagram and Facebook and everywhere. You know, we're located in Mount Laurel, just right on 38 off 295. You can always like text us to schedule 856-581-9120. It's easy to find us. Um, so. Okay. Great, man. Well, hey, man, I really appreciate you being on. Finally got this scheduled and got this done. It was a great one, and I appreciate you sharing the many stories. No, I really appreciate you being professional and patient. You know, like, that was awesome. Like, you're, like, always persistent in trying to make this work, and I really now, I'm apologetic at the same time. They took it long, <laughs> but I, I thank you for your patience always. You're awesome. And this is pretty cool, actually, you're doing this. I, I actually read up on some of your other podcasts and, and saw it. It was really cool. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's 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 a passion project. I'm having a lot of fun with it. And uh, again, I appreciate you're one of the guests. Yeah. Thanks again, brother. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for being here, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Constructing Greatness podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at nicholasofac at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.